today. And I was already feel very comforted and encouraged from the word that we heard today from Roger and uh, blessed to, to now come before you to, re, to just uh, um, share with you what, uh, what God has put on my heart this week uh, about uh, knowing Christ by reading and meditating on the Bible. In 2014, my youngest sister announced that she was moving to Arizona for an undetermined amount of time due to a job transfer situation. Out of our five siblings in the family, she has always been the closest to my mom, especially when providing care since my dad had passed away in 2005. Her decision to leave was difficult because she developed a very tight bond with her over the years and was concerned for how her needs were gonna be met uh, once she was away. So she came to me with a plea for a promise that I would fill in during her absence and take charge of the responsibilities she was leaving behind. I was quick to agree even though I was not quite sure what I was getting into. I tend to do that sometimes, it gets me in trouble. And uh, my wife reminds me that in those type of situations, my standard answer should be, let me think about it. From that point, I had to invest more time with mom than the once or twice a week chat or visit I was accustomed to. It took some time getting used to, and it stretched me to have those responsibilities on my list of th things to do. Getting groceries, for example, is not something I'm totally crazy about. Uh, but eventually it morphed into something I was starting to become happy about as I started selecting things that she might like to eat and uh, would, would choose those things and actually prepare meals uh, for her with the, the things I had purchased. And as I got more comfortable in the new routine, I began to get closer to my mom because simply I was interacting with her on a daily, uh, taking care of her needs. We had more time for conversation. I got to hear stories of her past that I had not known before and that had defined her. And uh, like I said, we enjoyed many meals together. And you know, when you eat together, something happens. The time we spent helped me to understand her better and to grow in our mutual affection for one another. Had this not happened, the relationship with my mom would have been, no doubt, very different from the one that we enjoy today. And so, today we will be looking at getting to know the Bible through Christ, getting to know Christ through the reading and meditating on the Bible. And so I use that example of my mom to illustrate that if we really want to grow in intimacy with Christ, we must spend time getting to know him. And the best way to do that is through the knowledge and application of his word. A well-known verse that emphasizes the importance of Bible intake is Hebrews 4.12, which reads, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I like the image of this verse because you get the sense how deep the Word of God can penetrate our innermost parts. It reminds me of an x-ray that takes imagery of the body so the doctor can diagnose what's going on inside and provide a diagnosis. The only difference here is what is being investigated is not the material, but the immaterial. Not the body, but the soul. 
The Word of God plunges deep into our soul so that we gain more knowledge of His character, His will, and His plan for our lives. Let's pray. Father, we want to approach the subject of Bible reading and meditation in a way that it should be understood and applied in our lives. I pray that you would help navigate this sermon in the way you see fit for the purpose of better understanding your character, your will, and your desire for our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I have a very brief sermon outline for today's message. Basically, it's going to be answering two questions. Why should I do it? Why should we do it? And anchored in in that verse, Hebrews 4.12. And how do we do it? So let's start with the why. And I have three whys here. Three whys are to enjoy intimacy with God, to mature and grow spiritually, and to discern and receive guidance. So let's start off with enjoying intimacy with God. So years ago, the Gideons released an attractive Bible cover for one of their New Testament publications of John's Gospel. It was written simply on the cover, God's Love Letter. I brought it up here, see? God's Love Letter. And the title resonated with me because it gets to the heart of who God is and why he created us. I think we need to start there when we think about the Bible. It is a story written over several thousand years that speak about God's unwavering and steadfast love for us. He wants to build a kingdom where intimacy is enjoyed between himself and those he created in his image. The full expression of that love was revealed when the Word became flesh in Jesus Christ and lived amongst us. He took upon himself our sins so that we can be perfected in his love once we make him Lord of our life. But it goes even further than that vertical relationship we are so privileged to have. The Bible says that when we placed our faith in Christ, we became like family. And we, we sung about that this morning in that song that uh, Roger brought us. We see that in Scripture in the Hebrews 2.11. It says, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. The word translated brothers is the word used for blood relatives, which is applied to uh, all believing Christians. In this passage, the writer of Hebrews is explaining how the perfect God-man Jesus is referring to us as brothers and sisters. In another section, Mark 3, 34-35, there is a story where Jesus' family are asking for him, and they are standing outside of a large gathering where Jesus seems to be the center of attention. And the crowd sitting around them say to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are seeking you. And so he looked at those that were seated in the circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. It's a significant scene where Christ is trying to show us the degree in which our relationship with God is intended to be intimate. It's also important to note that the qualifier for being considered Jesus' brother or sister is not simply the mental exercise of believing 
since many in the room with Jesus in that story would have considered themselves believers in him at the time. The qualifier for being a brother or sister of Christ is doing the will of the Father. The ultimate will of the Father is that we love, trust, and obey his Son. This implies that enjoying intimacy with God requires some effort on our part to read and apply scripture in our lives. The nice thing, though, is that with time, our efforts turn to something we look forward to doing because of the joy we begin to experience. There is an expression about the stages of reading the Bible that talks about how it starts with effort and then it ends with pleasure. It says, first, you read the Bible as if it was cod liver oil. You take it because it's good for you. Keep on and it will become like shredded wheat, dry but nourishing. If you keep at it, it will become like peaches and cream and you won't be able to get enough of it. I know that when I started to do things for my mom, it wasn't easy at first, but with time it started feeling more natural and something I wanted to do than simply just fulfilling a duty. I enjoy uh, watching the musicians at RBC, how over the years, uh, Natalie and Andrew and others that play music, how, how they have developed their craft and make it look so easy. But that came with a lot of time. At first, I can remember them, that you know, they started off and they were learning and there might have been some painful effort involved. But with time, it just seemed so easy for them. And there's a joy you can see. You can, you can actually uh, see that in them that they enjoy now uh, whenever it is for them, time for them to wor lead worship. So the first reason is to enjoy intimacy. The second reason is for studying the Bible uh, so to mature and to grow spiritually. So part of Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. Alive and active indicates there's a dynamic quality about God's revelation. It does things. It's a change agent. During COVID, we couldn't go to restaurants, so I learned to make pizza from scratch. And I love it ever since. When I think of the word being alive and active, it reminds me of the yeast I use to make the pizza. Because on the packet, on the Fleischmann's packet I use, it says active dry yeast. So when you put this yeast in the flour to make the dough, it creates the rise and the taste that is needed to make good pizza. That's the same thing with the Word of God. It's alive and active, meaning it's just not a collection of ancient texts, but it's still relevant and applicable to our lives today. Just like yeast works to expand the dough, the Word of God works in us to help us expand our knowledge and our understanding of God. In the parable of the sower, Jesus compared God's word to the seed. Seed, like the word, is a living organism that when spread and planted in fertile soil, produces abundant life. I firmly believe that you cannot become a mature Christian if you don't develop the discipline of listening, reading, studying, and meditating on the Bible. You need that change agent. I can speak for myself that every time I am more intensely engaged with the Bible, like reading the Bible in one year, for example, I tend to feel closer to God 
and my spiritual life is greatly enriched. Coming to know Christ is our first and the most important step. The second is to grow in maturity. The metaphor used in the Bible to describe that process is going from drinking milk stage to eating solid food. 2 Timothy 3.16 we read, All scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, and that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So to be made complete and equipped for every good, good work means to become mature. And the source for that, Paul says to Timothy, is the inspired word of God. That's the tool. You want to get from A to B, milk to solid food, that's the tool you need in your toolbox. Don't only leave it in your toolbox. You've got to take it out of the toolbox. Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, 4, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. In this case, Jesus used scripture to help him resist against Satan's schemes in the desert. In Ephesians 6, 7, Paul describes the sword of the Spirit as the word of God. It is the only offensive weapon in the armor that we have at our disposal to fight off temptation that will get us off the course in reaching our full potential for God. We got to use that sword when we are being challenged or needing to discern a right course of action. Which leads to a third reason why it's important to study the Bible, and that is for discernment and guidance. The Bible is not only a source of knowledge, but is also a guide that helps us to navigate the complexities of life. Brothers and sisters, I don't need to tell you that life is complicated. And we are always faced with new issues every day and at every stage in our life. The second part of Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the, of the heart. The Bible has unique power to search us, even in our darkest moments. We heard our brother Roger this morning describe uh, the, 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 where he was and the pain he was in a year ago and how the Lord lifted him and, and carried him. He didn't take away his pain, but he carried him through that journey. And that's what the Lord does. He lifts us and he carries us when we need it. But he promises he will take us there. He will take us across the river. By studying the Bible, we gain wisdom and guidance for making decisions, handling difficult situations, and living a godly life. So if you are having a tough time now figuring things out, part of, a part of your strategy for overcoming that is to be sure you are having a healthy dose of Bible intake. Find comfort through the assurance of God's care for you and the concern he has that he will supply through his word. To double up on that, you might want to consider joining a Bible group fellowship that encourages you with friendship and support as well. The Bible can also act as great counsel for everyday living. Practical suggestions in sections like the Sermon on the Mount, Proverbs, Psalms, Paul's letter to the Ephesians and Philippians can shed light on your circumstances. 
Additionally, the Bible helps us to distinguish truth from false teachings and to stay away from deception of false prophets. With so many opinions out there, we need to be careful to filter the information through the lens of Scripture so that we don't get swayed by every kind of doctrine. The Bible also gives guidance and discernment to the church body as a whole. Today we have an AGM where we will be reviewing what, ha what has happened and some of the potential plans we have as we look forward. Without basing our decisions on the foundation of Scripture, we can be sure our plans would be misguided. There are many reasons why it's important for us to study the Bible, but the three I've outlined for us here this morning is to consider, is to enjoy intimacy with God, for spiritual growth and maturity, and discernment and guidance. So the next thing is, how do we do it? There are many sub-disciplines to consider as to how to approach the intake of God's Word. And so here are five. One is by hearing it, by reading it, by studying it, by meditating on it, and by memorizing it. By hearing it is is most simple and common way of exposing ourselves to teachings of the Bible. Our Sunday services offer plenty of opportunity to hear God's word. You can listen to the sermons and reflections that we share here during the communion because we have two services and we really think of them as one service. For children and youth, it's through Sunday school that they get fed by their teachers who themselves are being fed as they prepare to teach it. We also come here to hear the word conveyed through musical worship. Our worship teams do an excellent job of incorporating scripture, as you heard Natalie do today, as they move through the songs and select songs that include scripture. But we are also fortunate to have many other mediums available to us to listen to God's word. I remember when I was a new believer and I was on the road and I needed to travel from time to time from Montreal to, to Saguenay, Lac Saint Jean. The only thing I looked forward to was coming back with blueberries. But that was a long trip. And I remember that point in my Christian life as a new believer that I just wanted to absorb, absorb more things about the Bible. And I had Chuck Swindoll tapes with me that I was listening to. And I was so immersed in those tapes that the five-hour trip seemed like a one-hour trip. It was amazing. Before I knew it, I got there. So hearing the word is important. Find any way you can to do that to help you. It's just going to feed your soul and impact your fate in remarkable ways. The second method is reading the word. And nothing can make us more like the Son of God than the Spirit of God working through the word of God. If we want to be changed, if we want to grow in intimacy and likeness to Christ, we need to read the Word of God. Okay, remember, He considers us family, so we have to bear resemblance to as a family. Finding a good Bible that is easy enough to understand is an important first step in the process. I suggest either the ESV or the NIV as good choices that are simple enough to read and faithful to the original manuscripts. You might wonder how often should I read the Bible? British preacher John Blanchard in his book, How to Enjoy Your Bible, offers thoughtful questions and answers on the matter. He says, how often do we face problems, temptation, and pressure? Every day. How often do we need instruction, guidance, and greater encouragement? Answer, every day. How often do we need to see God's face, hear his voice, feel his touch, know his power? Answer, every day. D.L. Moody put it this way. A man can no more take in supply of grace 
for the future than he can eat meat, can he, than he can eat enough for the next six months, or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain life for a week. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. On Joshua 1.8, we read, keep God instructing Joshua as he is going through the promised land. He says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You might say it's hard to find time. And that's one of the challenges today. One of the biggest challenges, we are struggling to manage time, to find time to do things. Probably what is more accurate is we are having problem prioritizing our time. Also, many people get discouraged at the thought of reading such a large book, 66 books. So here's a few practical suggestions on, save, on time, on the issue of time. If you break it down to three chapters a day, it can take you up to 15 minutes and you get through the Bible in one year. If that's too much, you could break it down to a chapter a day, and that would take you five minutes. And it will take you three years to get through the Bible. There are many reading plans available on the internet or Bible apps that make it easy to have access to one to three year plans. Maybe you think reading the whole Bible is daunting. It's a, too big. I would suggest then you start with 12 books. I, I, made a list here of 12 that are, are important. They give you an overview of the Bible. And the Old Testament ones there, a lot of them are quoted by Jesus in the New Testament. So they're important for giving you an overview, but they're also important because Jesus refers to them a lot. And then there's the, the, the ones in the, the New Testament, and uh, a lot of them there are, are very significant. And some short, you may want to start with the short ones. Uh, but those are some suggestions. Next is studying the Bible. Christian author Jerry Bridges says, reading gives breath, but study gives us depth. One of the good Old Testament examples of who set his heart for studying the word of God is the prophet Ezra. In Ezra 7.10 we read, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes. I underlined four parts to this one verse that teaches something about studying the Bible. The first one involves a decision. He set his heart. He made it a goal. He said to himself, this is important. It involves commitment, and commitment means you got to discipline yourself. Like any other thing, if you set your heart on doing it, if you set your heart on quitting smoking, then you're going to need discipline to resist uh, uh, smoking. Having set his heart, he then studies it. It goes deeper than just reading. Studying is something that can be done in the Bible study, for example, which usually consists of analyzing what the Bible says, what it means, and how we apply it. You could also do it on your own with the use of a commentary. Many great commentaries out there. There are some very good ones you could purchase or even are available online, like Logos. Perhaps you have more time and are interested in taking a course or going to a seminar, which has always been a great help to me over the years. Our brother James Folko just came back from the uh, Shepherds Conference. Uh, he was, he's so greatly encouraged and uplifted from this three-day conference that he went to. It, it has fed him, it has it filled his heart. 
and he's been enriched by it. Uh, my wife and I went camp in the woods over the summer. We spent a week there. What a great time it was to just be in the word and hearing such great worship. Uh, and, and I saw so many families. They had so many programs for kids uh, that families were enjoying their time there. They were able to bring their kids into programs and, and them enjoying being uh, refreshed themselves in the word. I strongly suggest that you make vacations, you plan vacations that where you can hear the word of God. It, you'll be refreshed in a different way, but in a great way. So let's go back to the verse. After, after setting his heart to do it and study it, he did it. By practical application of what you study, you get to understand it better. It's like learning how to drive. You can learn and study all the theory, but the real learning comes with the practical test on the road. Only once you do the road test do you have a better understanding of the theory you studied. For example, parallel parking. <laughs> Right When they tell you to go three quarters and then you back it up, yeah, that sounds good on paper, but how does it really work? Until you try it and then you understand it. Application clarifies your understanding. And so after doing it, he, he, he taught it. And remember, as believers, we are considered as Christ's ambassadors. As ambassadors, we have a responsibility to represent him in every aspect of our lives. We are often put in a position where we must stand up for our beliefs or take the opportunity to impart biblical wisdom to those who God might be calling. So if we take that responsibility seriously, brothers and sisters, we must dedicate ourselves to study the word so we can teach it when we are called to do so. Yes, we are all called to teach it. It's not just for some. It's not just for the elders. Uh, it's not for just those that seem gifted. We are all call, called to teach it. We should be ready in season and out of season to proclaim his truths to a world that will always need it until the day he returns. The fourth is meditating on the word. Donald Whitney in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, says, the kind of meditation encouraged in the Bible different, differs from other kinds of of meditation in several ways. While some advocate a type of meditation in which you empty your mind, Christian meditation involves filling your mind with God and his truth. All right, that's important. It's not emptying your mind, it's filling your mind. And sometimes you hear that where uh, people are invited to meditate and they tell you, you need to empty your mind. No, no, that's dangerous. You need to fill your mind with God's truths if you want to meditate properly. He also defines meditation as deep thinking on the truths and spiritual re realities revealed in Scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. I like the illustration of the cup of tea he uses in the book to explain meditation. He says, think of your mind as a cup of hot water and a tea bag as the Word of God. Hearing God's Word is like taking one dip of the tea bag. It changes the water enough to give it some taste but it's not as much as if you would give it more dips. When you read and study the Bible, it's like plunging the tea bag several times to have a more permeating effect. But when you meditate, it's like immersing the tea bag completely in the water and letting all the rich flavor of the tea extract itself. Meditation on scripture is like letting the Bible brew in your brain 
so that it becomes that dark color you see on the screen. So as a practical example of how this works when you're meditating on Scripture, the Bible tells us that God loves us. Meditation is more likely to convince you of that important truth and cause you to feel loved if you are meditating on those expressions of love that God shares for us in the Bible. One way that is helpful in meditating on God's Word is through journaling or rewriting your, the Scripture in your own words. It allows you to think deeper about the text and make it sink more into your mind. Other helpful forms of meditation could be found in this uh, book I use for the study, and I, I do recommend it uh, for reading, not only for uh, the discipline of, of Bible intake, but for many others. It's a great book. And in there are 17 ways, actually, in the chapter on the Bible on meditating on God's Word. So there are, there's information on there on how to do that well. How do you get that deep, rich color in, into your uh, teacup? And finally, on how, to do, how do we do it? It's by memorizing God's Word. Memorizing God's Word can supply spiritual power when needed. When Scripture is stored in your heart, it's available for the Holy Spirit to bring it to your attention when you need it most. That's why the author of Psalm 119.11 wrote, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If the word of God is compared to a sword, then memorizing the word is like polishing your sword. I think the best verses to choose to memorize are the ones God places on your heart or areas where you might be struggling. When you feel God speaking to you through a verse or a set of verses, Perhaps it is a good idea to store it up in your heart. Try to memorize it. Memorizing verses also help strengthen your faith because it repeatedly reinforces the truth, often just when you need to hear it again. So as I conclude, I want to suggest a good verse for us to, uh, to memorize, uh, to get us started, or to add to your list that I, I covered earlier in my, my sermon. And it's uh, Matthew 4.4. 4. It says, Matthew, A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4. 4. It's easy and practical in reminding us how vitally important it is to remain vigilant about hearing, reading, studying, meditating, and memorizing God's word, which is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Why don't we read that verse together? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4. 4. Once again, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for joining us this morning. And speaking to our hearts. Your word said, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates it on his law day and night. Father, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you that in your word we find your love expressed to us in, uh, in a way that is indescribable and uh, we, uh, we just want to draw, as we uh, grow in our faith and mature in our faith, 
uh, allow us, Lord, to develop the discipline of coming to meet you in your word on a daily basis so we can come and get 